0: you are listening to the mythical jesus podcast taking the christ of faith seriously a podcast that dives into faith development cognitive development using jesus as the framework for that we dive deep into the jesus of the new testament showing him as the preeminent example of development and what that development looks like buckle your seatbelts Sit back, enjoy the ride. This is going to be a lot of fun because diving into the Jesus narrative has never been done like this before. You can visit our website at Christoffaith.org. On the site, you will find tools, resources, documents to help you in your faith development and to better understand Jesus, the teacher, and his role in that. And now, onto what you've been waiting to hear. Come thou found of every place. I'm your host Bill real grateful for this chance to be back with you today. We are going to be in mark chapter 2 starting at verse 18 um, 18 to probably 22 kind of in that range uh, it seems strange there's a there's a weird thing that happens here and uh, let's set it up with mark 218 uh, and if you remember we just went through the story of the, the Jesus eating with the tax collectors and as the Pharisees saw the sinners. And they asked Jesus, why does he eat with such scum? And we talk about like, who does Jesus hang around and why does he hang around them? And what is the criticism of the religious authorities towards Jesus for hanging around with these folks? And so... What happens here in verse 18 is it shifts very quickly to completely leave that situation and move on to another situation, which just from the context of these two stories is at a completely different time, almost certainly not the same day and may even be days or weeks uh, later. But it says in verse 18, once when John, John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came to Jesus and asked, why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do? Now, the question is pretty direct, right? Like in our religious system, we have traditions and we have rules, we have laws and we have commandments. And Jesus, you're claiming, you appear to be a person of Jewish faith, and yet you're not participating in the rituals, laws, commandments, and traditions the way the rest of us do. And in fact, there's that other rebellious guy, John, over there, and his disciples are still following the laws and rules of our religious tradition, our system, our institution. And so they ask, why don't you follow those? And specifically, here they're talking about fasting. And so Jesus now goes into a story where he tells us what he's using is these narratives as reasons for why his disciples are exempt from the rules. So once when John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, some people came to Jesus and asked, why don't your disciples fast like John's disciples and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. They can't fast while the groom is with them, but someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. So there seems to be this recognition within this particular parable that Jesus tells that he is something bigger than mortal, right? Like he's something different than John. He's something different than the Pharisees. And because of his difference, his disciples have no need to fast while he is with them in mortality. And it seems to be almost a deflection by Jesus because he doesn't help the folks still make sense of it. Like the purpose of fasting in abstaining from food is to make one more humble, perhaps, perhaps more cracked open to receive inspiration. And we gather from these stories that often the disciples themselves don't understand the parables of Jesus. So surely they too could use some insight. They too could use some humility at times from some of these stories we gather. It does seem like the disciples of Jesus could still benefit from fasting And Jesus seems to deflect the answer. And I can't quite put my finger on why. Verse 21, besides who would patch old clothing with new cloth for the new patch would shrink and rip away the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. Again, this is where I'm going to expose my, my lack of creativity But as I look at that story, I can't figure out why Jesus goes into this story, which on its own does have a truth to it, but seems at least to me to be unconnected to the question that the Pharisees or uh, John's disciples or the people who observed them are coming to ask of Jesus of Nazareth. So when we look at a new patch on old clothing, remember fabrics shrink when they get wet and then when they dry. And so matching up something new with something old tends to be risky within religious observance. When you give someone who is old and rigid, right? So the old clothes have already shrunk. They're already set in their way. They're not going to change. When you add something new to those who have already set in stone their foundation and have already built up their th- theology, their belief system, the way in which they're going to interact with their religion. And and I can give an example, and I would... Um, I would say that when when you look at any religion that has rules and has perspectives, whether it be on race, whether it be on homosexuality, whether it be on abortion, whether it be on um, how we're going to operate our mass or our sacrament meetings, the moment the world changes and the religion adapts, Immediately, some folks from that old guard, those who have rigidly established themselves, some of them have their testimonies damaged. Some people walk away from their churches when their churches change on things they thought were unchangeable. So what Christ seems to be indicating here is that we've got this... Uh, new way of doing things, but I have to be careful of implementing it because so many people are set in their ways. And, and I'm struggling, again, I can maybe kind of connect it, but I'm struggling to connect it to the question that's being asked of him. Verse 22, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the wine would burst the wineskins, and the wine and the skins would both be lost new wine calls for new wineskins again the same idea wine ferments wine gives off gases wine new wine is going to expand when an old wineskin which has already been used and it's expanded and it's stretched and now it's drying out and it's becoming more fragile more more rigid if we put new wine into that old wineskin, that new wine is going to ferment and expand and give off gases. And that old wineskin is not going to be capable of handling that expansion. It's already it's already set itself. And, and there's an important note here, which is that when you compel old wineskins to take on new wine, both the wineskin and the wine is lost. And I see this, I see this in religions where they used to do things a certain way. And now the world has shifted so dramatically on how it understands science, how it understands the age of the earth, how it understands homosexuality, how it understands the historical Jesus and in biblical scholarship. And so it's it's laid out it's theology in such absolutes that now as the world has shifted, what it had set in stone now looks absurd, unreliable, and looks very shaky and confidence is being lost in it. And yet those churches deeply struggle to adapt to these new ideas and concepts because they had set so hard in stone in the past when there wasn't the evidence there to show how shaky it was. So when evangelical Christians, for instance, place absolute authority in the Bible and take it 100% literally when they do that and they say look the earth has got to be 7000 years old and we're somewhere in that sixth that uh, sixth or 7000 year like when you set in stone those things and science now comes along and says yeah that's just a myth and here's why here's the social science of human beings and development and how myth gets created here's the the uh, earth science of geology and and uh, uh, astronomy and how old the universe is and how old this planet is. And, and then all of a sudden these churches don't know what to do. And the young kids growing up have information at the access of their fingertips. And so they're learning that the things their church is dogmatic on are problematic. And yet the old people in that church have put their foot down and say, this is the ground we're going to hold. And if the church doesn't navigate that perfectly, and sometimes there is no solution, you're going to lose people either way. But if the church doesn't navigate that transition perfectly, you lose both the new wine and the old wineskin. And so perhaps Jesus is sharing that he's afraid he'll lose his disciples if he asks too much of them. That he is throwing new things at them and they're already old wineskins. Maybe, but that doesn't seem to make sense. So I will invite listeners, please, if you're liking this podcast, reach out. If you've got an idea here, reach out by email at billreal Junior at gmail.com. B I L L R E E L J R at gmail.com. Send me an email. Let me know what your thoughts are on this story. I like the parables. I don't know how they relate to the question um, exactly. I also want to say, too, here we are. We're, I think, 13 episodes in, something like that. Uh, at this point, we're probably going to start losing track of numbering these episodes in terms of the recording. They'll have numbers on them on the website, Christoffaith.org. This podcast, my hope is, I've been doing podcasting for years and years. Um, This is an interesting concept that I think we can do for years, having these conversations. But it's going to be important um, that this podcast also be financially uh, sustainable. And, And so what I'm hoping is, listeners, you've gotten this far in. If you're liking these kinds of conversations around Jesus of Nazareth and discussing kind of these inner wrestles that are going on within these parables and these narratives and these stories, would you please consider donating today? Would you please go to Christoffaith.org, hit the donate button, and would you become um, a, a reoccurring donator? Would you donate a dollar a month or two bucks a month or five bucks a month or a hundred bucks a year? Would you please do that? Uh, This podcast will survive based on it being financially sustainable. And I'm looking forward to years and years of these kinds of conversations. We are, uh, again, more than 10 episodes in. Uh, We plan on an episode coming out about once every three weeks. And if an episode comes out once every three weeks, then 13, 14 episodes a year should go for an entire year. Uh, I'm recording behind the scenes faster than I'm releasing them. And once we get to a point where we have a significant amount of episodes recorded and in the queue, we may lower that to like once every week and a half, once every two weeks, because we want you to feel like you're, you're staying uh, connected to this podcast. And, uh, and again, I'm enjoying this. These are conversations I've been thinking about and talking about with my inner circle of friends for a long, long time. And so I think there's tons of material here uh, to talk about over years and years worth of time. And, uh, and again, podcasts generally last a few years. People get burned out and they stop. The only way these things go for a long time is if they're financially sustainable. Would you please donate today? Christoffaith.org. Set yourself up with a one-time donation if you want, but it would it would mean a lot to me if you'd become a reoccurring uh, donator. And it means a lot to this podcast. Uh, this podcast is organized by a 501c3, so your donation is tax-exempt inside the United States. So again, Christoffaith.org. Donate today. My name is Bill Reel, the host of this podcast. Grateful to have you uh, join us and listen. It's my hope that in your own spiritual community, that you recognize these parables of old wineskins and new wine. That you recognize these parables of new fabric patches on old fabric outfits. And recognize that anytime you're in a spiritual community, there are people who deeply need rigidity and they need things to stay the same, while at the same time there are those who need adjustments and need change and need to see their religious leaders adapt and make changes to the new discoveries that are happening in the world. And that anytime that happens, you're going to have conflict, you're going to have tension, you're going to have defensiveness, but hopefully you also have vulnerable conversations. And anything you can do to create those vulnerable conversations will go a long way to making that spiritual community healthier. This has been the Mythical Jesus Podcast where in spite of throwing out the idea that there's some myth in the Jesus story, and, I'm, and again, we can have a conversation at some point about whether that means Jesus is real or not. I actually don't like making that argument one way or the other. Instead, I think it's in the mystery of that conversation that these truths are best understood But here on the Mythical Jesus podcast, where we recognize there is, on some level, myth in this story, and myth doesn't have to be true or false, but within that, there is the most incredible space to talk about Jesus in ways that have never been spoken of before. Like, there's nobody out there really... I mean, there are other great podcasts. By the way, I'd love to point you towards some of these. The Liturgist podcast. Uh, The Robcast, which is done by a host by the name of Rob Bell, or if you pick up anything where Richard Rohr is talking, those are all great voices for these conversations, but nobody's tackling the scriptures this way, I think, in a podcast. And I think it's by making Jesus, whether he was real or whether he wasn't, leaving that a mystery and setting it off to the side and saying, like, let's look at the story for the worth of. Of the story. I think we're looking at Jesus. In a way that's never been done. And so it's my hope that understanding that. You might support the podcast. I can't wait till next time. I'm excited. We are this far in. And we're only in chapter two of Mark. There is so far to go. And uh, and looking forward to it. Uh, the next time we sit down together. Again Bill Real, The Mythical Jesus podcast. Where we. I think more than. Um, than many others we are taking the Christ of faith seriously thank you and see you next time come thou fount of every blessing tune my heart to sing thy grace streams of mercy Never ceasing.